is Tony Romo about to become the highest-paid sportscaster in history? The NFL is king, and all eyes on the big college football national championship game. Welcome to the Sports Media Beat. I'm Dan Lovato. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sports Media Beat. We are putting this together on Sunday, January the 12th. The big college football game is Monday night, January 13th. We'll get to that story in just a bit. The NFL is king. The numbers are amazing. We'll look at the Saturday ratings. But the big story right now involves Tony Romo, who did today's AFC Divisional Game with Jim Nance on CBS, but becomes a free agent after this football season is over. Well, Front Office Sports is reporting ESPN is preparing an offer that would make Tony Romo the highest-paid sportscaster in TV history, a multi-year deal that would pay him between $10 million and $14 million a year. This according to sources that uh, have informed Front Office Sports. ESPN won't comment. A representative for Romo could not be reached for comment. If signed, word is that Romo would succeed Booger McFarland as the analyst on Monday Night Football on ESPN. And if ABC makes a big push for the NFL, let's say even on Sunday afternoons, with that new contract being negotiated by the NFL, that new TV deal, well, Romo could be a part of that too. This story will be making news throughout the week. But there is the report ESPN is prepared to make Tony Romo the highest-paid sportscaster in history. But let's begin with the Saturday divisional playoff games on both the NBC and CBS. The NFC divisional round game between the Vikings and the 49ers was carried on NBC. That got a 16.6 rating, 29.3 million people viewed the game on Saturday on NBC, the largest audience for an early Saturday divisional round game in four years. Uh, the The rating itself, that 16.6 rating, was a decrease of 1%, but viewership was up 1%. That uh, viewership number of 29.3 million people, up 1% over last year. But here's the thing including a streaming audience of 757,000 viewers on the NFL and NBC digital platforms, which was up 54%. The game averaged over 30.1 million viewers, the best for an NFL game on NBC outside of the Super Bowl. You have to factor streaming in now. That's an amazing audience, 757,000 viewers who were streaming the game. Incredible. The AFC Divisional Round game, Titans-Ravens, got a 16 rating. 29.41 million people watched it on CBS. That's up 10% in ratings and viewership from last year's Titans-Patriots Divisional game. Now, about the NFL being king, according to Ad Age, it reports NFL games accounted for nearly three-quarters of the year's top 100 broadcasts in 2019. In other words, 
of the top 100 most watched programs on TV in 2019, 75 of them were NFL games. That's a 7% seasonal decline in the overall usage of TV and a 9% drop in overall primetime deliveries, yet the NFL went up. Let me repeat this. Overall, as far as watching television was concerned, on a seasonal basis, down 7%. On a primetime basis, down 9%. Yet the NFL was up. Repeat, 75 of the 100 most watched TV programs in 2019 were NFL games. Now throw in the World Series, NBA Finals, the College Football Bowl Games, NCAA Men's Division I Basketball Championship, the Kentucky Derby, and FIFA's Women's World Cup Final, and sports had 88 of the top 100 most-watched programs on TV in 2019. How hot a commodity is Drew Brees? Well, the New Orleans Saints quarterback, who was a free agent, could retire. He doesn't have to go back to playing football. And if he chooses to retire, the TV networks are calling. In fact, there's a, there's a story, ESPN is reporting the story. There's a story that another network, not ESPN, but another network is offering Drew Brees the chance to serve as an NFL commentator. So it's out there. It really is out there. Now, Monday night, Monday night, January 13th, is the College Football National Championship, the title game between LSU and defending champion Clemson. You have your choices. The choices to watch this game are are phenomenal. First of all, ESPN is going to be employing something like 100 cameras, what I've read. But you can watch it under several formats. You can watch it on ESPN. You've got the ESPN feed. Or you can watch, if you are a subscriber, the SEC Network or the ACC Network. ESPN runs both those networks. But here's what ESPN is doing. ESPN is taking the radio feed of the LSU broadcasters and putting it on the SEC Network and making sure the description matches the televised game. Sometimes if you take a radio or, in this day and age, stream a radio broadcast and try to listen to the radio broadcasters while watching the game on television, well, you're behind the action by a good, in many cases, 60 seconds. But ESPN promises that they will match the audio with the video. And in the case of the SEC Network, you will get the LSU radio broadcasters. In the ACC Network's case, you'll get the Clemson radio broadcasters. Maybe you want to watch it on ESPN, too. Well, they're going to have what is known as their field pass with observations about the game from so-called experts. Or maybe you want to watch on ESPNU. You can do that, and you'll get an idea of the coach's film room if you watch the game from that perspective. Or there's ESPN News. The game will be presented by several angles, several camera angles. Or there's ESPN Goal Line via the cable subscriptions. There's another way to watch the game. Or you can watch the ESPN Classic Channel. They will present sounds of the LSU Clemson game. 
Then there's the ESPN app where referees are going to be on hand to explain the game from an official's perspective. There's also, if you have that ESPN app, the opportunity to tune in by way of SkyCast. It will give an above-the-action presentation of the game and also what it looks like behind the offense. But then there's another angle to the ESPN app where you can view the game entirely from above. Watch the action from above, from up on top. Then there's the ESPN app TechCast that has a brick format where several camera angles are presented all on one screen. Of course, you can listen to the game on ESPN Radio. There's ESPN Deportes, and ESPN is also going to have a heavy presence on social media presenting the game. LSU, Clemson. Should be a, a great game. Clemson, you know, they've, they've, got, uh, they've got that history. LSU is coming on strong. They've had a great season. I'll be tuned in, and I know many of you will be too. Speaking of ESPN, Carrie Champion is leaving ESPN. She's become a Sports Center host on the weekday noon show. And she sent out the following tweet. After consulting with mentors, family, and friends, I have come to the decision that it's time to leave ESPN. Over the past seven years, I've grown from hosting First Take to having my own show on SportsCenter and experiencing so much more in between. Champion, who is 41, had signed a multi-year extension in 2016. She was also hosting Sports Nation. Don't know what her next move will be. And uh, speaking of ESPN, last Thursday night, they carried the UConn-Baylor women's college basketball game. UConn, of course, the, the great history of that program. Baylor, the defending champions. Well, Baylor won the game. They not only won the game, they ended UConn's 98-game home winning streak. The game got a .34 rating, attracted 518,000 viewers. Now, compared to a year ago, when ESPN carried the Louisville-Notre Dame women's game, the ratings dropped 5%. However, we also should note last year ESPN also brought to the audience a UConn-Baylor matchup, and that attracted 627,000 viewers. So this year's 518,000 viewers uh, calculates to a, a drop of 17%. However, I should mention, the game did better than the Arizona-Oregon matchup of men's teams, which followed the UConn-Baylor game. That men's game drew 472,000 viewers. While we're at it, let's go to the NBA. NBA midweek action on ESPN on Wednesday. Last Wednesday, they had the Nuggets and the Mavericks. That got a .7 rating, attracting 1.04 million viewers, down 30% from a year ago. And also on Thursday, the Rockets-Thunder game on TNT, that got a 1 rating, attracted 1.58 million viewers, down from last year by 34%. That was the second game. The first game brought you the Celtics and the Sixers on TNT that got a 0.7 rating, 1.06 million viewers, down 37%. NHL Wednesday on the NBC Sports Network, the Capitals and the Flyers, that got a .25 rating, 404,000 viewers. That's up 9% in the ratings and 7% in viewers over last year. Let's get in a 
couple of more ratings numbers for you before we uh, wrap it up. Uh, Supercross, last Sunday on NBC. That would be what? Sunday, January the 5th. Season opener from Anaheim. Got a .22 rating, attracted 300,000 viewers down considerably from last year. College football. Actually, this was a high school football. I take that back. High school football, Saturday, January 4th, the All-American Bowl on NBC featuring high school players. Got a .8 rating, 1.13 million viewers, down 1% from last year. College basketball on ESPN, Tuesday, January 7th, the Kentucky-Georgia game. Got a .7 rating. That's down 13%. Attracted 1.21 million viewers, down 3% from a a comparable uh, period a year ago. And then the Ohio State-Maryland game that night got a .55 rating, down 35%, attracted 843,000 viewers, down 35% from a comparable period a year ago. Finally, the word is out that Scott Van Pelt, Sports Center, Scott Van Pelt, ESPN, well, he's going to move his program, or ESPN is going to move his program from Bristol, Connecticut, to Washington, D.C. next August. Of course, ESPN is located in Bristol. But it will move from Bristol to our nation's capital next August and will emanate from the studios used for part in the interruption. And the reason they're doing this, ESPN, is is to accommodate Van Pelt so he can be closer to his mother, who turns 80 during the summer, and his aunt. So that's the latest as far as ESPN is concerned. Well, there you have it. The ratings, the big game on Monday night, and so much more. I will link to all of this in the show notes. Go to sportsmediabeat.com. Also, I would uh, add that if you would like to subscribe to the podcast, I would certainly appreciate it. We are at all of the major podcast directories, including Apple's podcast directory, Google's, Spotify, and so much more. And again, the website is sportsmediabeat.com. If you would like to email me, my email address is dan at danlavallo.com. And as always, thanks for listening to the Sports Media Beat. <laughs>